Good evening, everyone. This is the Not A Real Libertarian Podcast. I am your host, Chris Darnell. Um, and I wanted to cover a couple things real quick. Um, there is a gentleman who is in dire need of liberty assistance. And he wrote a book, The Royal Green. And you may have already heard of this book. Um, he is a libertarian and he has uh, written into a libertarian theme with this. Um, the guy's an awesome dude, Jack Casey. It's him here. He, uh, you know, he's he's put his heart and soul into these books. So anybody who may be interested or has some extra money to spare, um, you know, just kind of give him a give him a helping hand and you know show some libertarian love for this guy. With that being said, I'm going to bring in uh, my co-host, Mr. Will Daughtry. What's up? And Mr. Rich Leach. Hey there. So, one more thing before we start. Uh, This episode is not sponsored by, but has been destroyed due to my newly found clubhouse addiction. Uh, it is destroying my life, but I love it. I gotta get in on it. I gotta get in. Yeah. Yeah. I messaged you earlier about it and I was like, dude, you gotta get in here. Like it. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's like social media, right? You'll find a post, not many comments, not many likes, whatever. And then you'll find the next one. And it's like a barns, a barnstorming. Barnstorming of just people just spouting stuff everywhere, and I fucking love it. Um, but you, which, what's really interesting is you don't get the trolls that you typically do on Facebook and Twitter because you have to actually physically talk to these people, and I think it kind of weeds out these would be keyboard warriors. With that being said, uh, the ones who do come into like uh, rooms or whatever to start shit are far worse because they can just override you and you they can just talk over you but you know there are mechanisms built in where you can mute them or whatever but Hmm. did uh either one of y'all see that event from last night about uh dave um amash and uh cohen yep caught the whole thing i read about it but i haven't actually watched it yet rich you on clubhouse Yep. No, I don't do anything with it. Matter of fact, last night's the first time I used it, but uh, it was Dave Smith and Justin Amash, and then uh, Spike Cohen was in the, I don't know, whatever you call it, the audience or whatever, and uh, got in line to ask questions to and got to participate a little bit in it. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, we'll go, I'm going to have to add you. I'm going to have to follow you, whatever they call it now. But, we need uh, to make a room. We'll get something started, and then we can start getting people in on that. I'm so I'm maybe I'm old I don't know but uh the whole I'm still getting used to that was kind of new and it was awkward for me a little bit in the beginning um after a little while I got kind of just the whole idea just have I don't know I don't know why it was different I guess it was uh I kept I was with my son talking about it and uh I felt like it'd be pretty cool to have on the TV for some reasons <laughs> maybe it's just because I'm old but have an app on a Roku or, or something we could spool it up that way and listen you know even if you had to have your phone around you for a 
for a, uh, a microphone. And of course, this was one of those deals where everybody was talking. You had to get in line, raise your hand, all that junk. But but uh, I did like the, yeah. the format, the way, it, the way it happened. It was pretty good. Yeah, I will say Dave Smith and uh, Amash, when they were talking, was very civil. They, you know, I think there were times they disagreed on stuff or they kind of had like a slight difference of opinion. Um, but it was very civil. And for once in the Libertarian Party, for like five whole damn minutes, we had some form of unity. Um, you hey, know, there's something. Right I think that's a trend right now. I think you can see more of that coming up. Thank God. Because uh, if we just keep tearing each other apart, I mean, what's the. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're not we're not going to make it anywhere if we're just going to keep breaking off into these little cults and sex or whatever you want to call them. But um, well, Will, since uh, you called this meeting to order <laughs> per libertarian, you know, standard, I'll let you go ahead and kind of introduce our topic tonight. OK, um, so. I kind of got a good summarization of it, you know, from watching Dave Smith, actually, I think it was yesterday, but he kind of tied a lot of good articles together, a lot of good YouTube videos that kind of gave a good timeline of this whole thing happening. But, you know, basically, and we'll go into, I guess, kind of the facts and background later, but, you know, since COVID became an issue since early 2020, March, um, you know, any mention of like it, the disease coming from the COVID lab or anything like that in Wuhan, you know, was um, taken off Facebook, taken off YouTube. It was censored completely. And, you know, so here we are over a year later, and now they're talking about it in news articles regularly. Lots of scientists are supporting it. And it's not, there were scientists supporting it then too, but now it's being accepted. Um, even so much so that Dr. Fauci's accepted, or at least said that we need to be investigating it. Um, and he was calling Rand Paul ridiculous for that literally like two weeks ago. So it's just insane to me that we're kind of at this conspiracy moment. It definitely is just says, you know, speaks wonders about the federal government and the way that the narrative, you know, has affected things. I was almost a blue pill libertarian, I would say, prior to this whole thing happening. And I would say I'm definitely red pilled now because, I mean, a lot of our worst nightmares have come true. And anyway, it's just wild to me that they're admitting that this is now a real consider- consider- consideration. We, if you remember this whole thing as it went on, libertarians were saying, you know, we'll, we'll take masking for example. There were studies that said masking didn't matter because, you know, this this institute, this institute, you know, this college, whatever they were saying, we've shown that it doesn't matter. And just recently, Fauci just said. Well, no, we knew that masking didn't really matter or you shouldn't have to mask or whatever. Uh, we just did it to, you know, just just pretty much saying just because they can tell you what to do and some people just absolutely obey without question. Um, I mean, for forever. I mean, since the <clears throat> origin of this, everybody's like, there's no way this didn't start in a lab in Wuhan. I said, uh, this didn't come from a bat. There, I mean, there's no way. Maybe it did. Maybe it started in a bat and they took the damn bat and dissected it. But, you know, this whole time, nobody cared. It was all about, you know, this this uh, virtue signaling, uh, signaling about, you know, I have my mask. Why don't you have yours? You know, this this cultist mentality, the, the branch COVIDian uh, cult. <laughs> um, That's good. And, 
And it's like every step of the way, libertarians have called it like, you guys are wrong on all of this, and we've got proof. And they're like, oh, so you don't trust the science. Well, I do. It's just not the science that you want. Well, you're not testing the science. <laughs> and that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, that's what it's always been. I mean, science at one point in time said the earth was flat. Now, to be fair, there's still people that think it's flat, but. Science is the process of learning things, not the, you know, decision and the narrative pushing of things. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. I'd say with social media, which I still think is just dividing people like crazy. Um, and it probably had a lot to do with this, too. But it, it wasn't a few weeks before the entire uh, narrative was based on, you know, the political system. You know, it was all the left was on one side of the issue and the right was on the other issue. And uh to me, that's the worst part. But we're at a point right now where you know it's about trusting the science. I mean, I don't, I don't trust. I, I trust a lot of science. There was a lot of good science out about all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tom Woods, if you listen to his podcast, he was he's shaky for a little while, like everybody else, and then started looking around for you know dispassionate sources of information. And once he got it, latched onto it. Within a few weeks, he was hammering away about all this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so he was dead on from the, from the almost from the beginning about this. But it's unfortunate that uh, I don't trust the state. I don't, I don't trust anything the government puts out. If they've got a scientist, I don't believe him. Matter of fact, I believe the opposite. That's where I start. And then somebody has to drag me away from that position. And I'm, it's just a whole lot It's a whole lot easier. And we end up right more often, I think. Oh, I mean, absolutely. the state has a stake in this. That's why I don't believe them. That's why I absolutely refuse to believe any damn thing they say, because they want the power. Now, however, MIT, what's their stake in all this? Uh I don't. I, I can't. I've not seen the correlation between MIT gaining money or power from saying, "Hey, we didn't see a change between like six foot and like sixty foot wearing a mask." So, um, turns out like the distancing thing didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen a lot of that stuff come out. Like you know, I would trust MIT. Uh, I'll say. A billion and one times out of a billion and one uh, compared to anything the federal government says. They could say that like a quarter is a quarter and worth 25 cents. And I'm like, mm, but is it? <laughs> it's only yeah, worth it's a little while anyway. Yeah, it's worth 24.9 just since we've been talking probably. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, you're talking about what's in it for them. You know, that's what you scratch. That's what makes it so unbelievable for some people particularly people who believe that the state exists to help us and to solve the big problems for us and those things. But the state is about power and preserving itself. And one of the ways, most powerful ways it does that is through fear. It's not going to let the fear go away. I mean, remember the, the earth was going to, uh, you know, we were going to destroy the earth a few, a few, a few months ago. Hadn't heard much about that lately, you know, no. so whatever, uh, the news yeah, comes down, whatever they can, you know, freak people out with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and, I mean, and since the system feeds on power and it feeds itself, um, I mean, if everybody who is in the state, whatever you want to call that, if all of them disappeared um, right now with a snap of a finger, within an hour, it'd be operating again because it's, it's like a black hole. It sucks power hungry people towards it. All they would see is a vacant, you know, vacancy and they jump right into it. Absolutely. I think the only solution to it is just to trust liberty. That's that's the message that Tom Woods has been putting out all this time that Freedom produces the best outcomes. And I believe that. I start off believing that. 
and it's uh, the market. It's one right. person's plan versus literally the best of everybody's plan. What That's is right. going to be a better option? You yep. know, if, yep. I mean, <clears throat> I always take a step back when somebody says, well, "Why don't you trust X, Y, or Z?" I'm like, "Well." Why are you pushing that I should trust them? I said, trust is a, a built thing, right? You know, I'll, I'll give somebody benefit of the doubt when I first meet them. Uh, I'm not going to say I trust somebody just because I've just met them. Uh, you have to prove that you can be trusted. And uh, turns out, can't be trusted. Uh, yeah. the- and sticking a bayonet in me or at me or pointing a yeah. bayonet at me does not build trust at all. It might get some obedience. Yeah. So passing a law before you even ask people in a free society, make recommendations to people before you, when you go straight to the bayonet, you're not building trust. That's crazy. Absolutely. And it's temporary. You might have it for a little while, that obedience, but they'll want it back. They'll want that power back. It'll always be a struggle. Back with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. Back with a vengeance. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it's not even that like, you know, so my, my outlook going into this was, okay, let's see what they say. Let's see what is said and what the research shows. Well, when they were like, oh, you have like, so at first they were like, okay, mask up and distance. I was like, I'm kind of good with that. I I hate being real close to people anyways. If I'm in a gas station and you're within arm's reach, I I should be 100% in my right to flick you in the nose because you're invading my space. I'm with that, yeah. Uh, But, um, you know, these should be recommendations, not government cram downs. They should say, hey, we think, you know, mass will help and spacing out will help. <clears throat> People will be like, okay, you know, maybe that'll help and, we, you know, we can avoid, you know, problems. But no, their decision was we're going to force you because we know better than you. And so it turned into this, uh, basically, if so, communism works through two things number one which is force of power creating fear and number two is this maintained image of ultimate power so like in north korea during the olympics they will say that they they generate all the gold medals and that the united states is getting last and everything because they have to promote this image that they are supreme to everybody else well what do we see from the united states government Fauci is wrong about something, and he says he's wrong, but no point in time do they say, hey, you know, science is just science. It's figuring it out. Not everything's right. And, you know, so they, they but they, they'll promote it like what Dr. Fauci says or what Biden or whoever, any figure says is manna from God, and it must be ordained by the man himself to bring us to the promised land, which is, which is absolutely, I mean, if people can't see that, I don't know what to, like, I don't know how to bring them to that. And the government won't admit like, Hey, we might've been wrong about this. We might've, you know, closed off loops too quickly. Fauci is like just immediately, as soon as the narrative changes as a whole, as soon as the, basically, as soon as there's too much social pressure on the issue to hide it any longer, he just starts to back up very slowly almost strategically as if, no, 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 no. I believe that the entire time because, and he's right. 99% of the people weren't even really watching. They won't even notice. And it's terrifying, but that's what happened. There's a, there's a chapter in uh, Rothbard's anatomy of the state. That's uh, I think it's the one that's about uh, how the state sustains itself. And it's so prescient to this time to be able to watch it. Where he talks about how uh, 
how the science or the uh, technocrats, I think he uses um, um, uh, academia, intelligentsia, whatever, the, the smart people in society, right? Mm-hmm. And he says that, uh, that um, and he describes Fauci perfectly. He talks about, you know, people who, who have this service or skill set that wouldn't make it on the market. And I'm not saying scientists don't make it on the market because scientists are hired by companies. They do all kinds of things. Right. But if you're a doctor who never practiced any medicine and was more suited to be a bureaucrat, where else are you going to go? Yeah. And he had to be amazing at it or he wouldn't have been the top guy. So he had to be a super bureaucrat, you know, but that's but but that's that's what sustains. And 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 and. and, these are all the things that they're good at are things that the average guy like me and you, we can't dabble in that stuff. We got to feed a family. And so yeah. we, we've got this connection to the state where you don't have to perform. Clearly this guy performed terribly. If he was in the corporate world, he'd have been gone. He'd be fired right now. Um, but anyway, that's how this. Imagine, itself imagine. Mm-hmm. Im- yeah. Sorry. I, I thought you were done. So imagine yeah, I work on cars, right? Uh, and I, my boss comes out and he's like, hey, is that car done yet? I'm like, absolutely, it's done. I lower it down. And I leave it there. I was like, you can go ahead and back it out. And uh, he gets in, starts it up, backs it out. Engine blows up. Wheels fall off. And I said, what are you doing? I told you it wasn't done. That's, I mean, that's exactly what, what we've seen. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I think what's the next evolution above gaslighting? Is it like gas, uh, like Flooding? I don't know. I, I I don't. Is it gas poison? Uh, asphyxiation? I don't. I don't know. I'm sure, what. there's a term for it, like a comedic or journalistic term for what he's doing. Surely, but I don't know it. But good grief, it's like, it's it's sadistic to watch. Hold on, I got it. If I cut out, by the way, oh, it's just a flash flood. It's storming right now. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's good. That's just Oklahoma. Nobody cares. <laughs> We're used to it. If I start like spinning around and stuff, it's that'll be a problem, but it's okay. I guess some good footage. Ridiculous. If you uh, if you start getting swept away in the the floods, make sure you get some good footage. Oh, I will. Okay. <laughs> Carry my computer with me. I'm, we're not stopping this podcast. Come and take it from my cold dead hand. <laughs> First item in the merch store will be Will's computer, like a laptop that says "Come and take it." <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh oh Lord. But yeah, so it's it, it's been the dumbest year of my life and I uh I've done some stupid stuff in my life, but um I don't think I could ever get paid to just relive twenty twenty. I mean it the and what was even worse, right? You know, Florida was you know, I'm not going to send for Ron DeSantis. I think he does a lot of bad shit. You know, he's wrong on a lot of stuff. But he was right about lockdowns. He was like, okay. He's like, doesn't work. Ain't going to do it. Ain't my job. It's not my job to do it. I was like, that's, that's a good, that's for once a good answer from a Republican. Being in the state, you know, here in Tennessee, Bill Lee hit lockdown button real quick and took a, pretty good while to lift that um but you know as we've seen in florida from states that are comparable to florida there's been either no increase in florida compared to those states or florida was lower 
and these were states that were locked down, mass mandatory mask mandates, and all this and all that. And you know, it, it just goes to show that people are far smarter than you know the government's willing to give them credit for. You know, uh, and I say that even even after having watched people put gasoline in plastic bags and totes and uh, you know, whatever for like an entire week here, people just panicking over gasoline. Um, but people are really most, I would say most people on an individual level without media are smart. If someone says, Hey, we recommend this, do what you want to do, but just, we recommend this. Most Americans will say, eh, okay, you know, that, that sounds good. They'll say, nah, I'm not interested. Um, but you, you see this, you see this big divide created when, when it's like, you have to do this. If you don't do this, it's going to be punishment, and you see a divide because it's it's it is a hundred percent a political thing. You know, you'll see, you know, some people wear masks, and you know they'll they'll stand up there by themselves, nobody around for a hundred feet, wearing a damn mask, trying to you know signal to everybody like, oh, I understand how serious this is, so I'm gonna wear a mask, even though I just got tested twenty minutes ago, and I'm by myself in a room. Uh, and that's uh, yeah. Well, the burden of proof in a free society. The burden of proof is on them, not us. Yeah. It is on them. I don't. You have to prove to me if you're gonna if you're gonna mandate something, you got to prove it. And that's the thing. They never could do it. They never could prove mm-hmm. it. That's where Woods was amazing on all this stuff. He made a, the great the the big comparison I remember um, was comparing Florida to, to California. California with one of the, the lowest uh, age population on average. Florida, we think with the highest age, average age population. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there was a difference, you should have seen it. You should have seen it there. Yeah. And if you don't see it, so people say, well, maybe you didn't see it because this or maybe this or maybe that. Well, you know what? No, I don't got to maybe anything. You're the one mandating. St- yep. You got to prove it. Now prove it. You can't prove it. You can't. No, they want to be cautious, but I think the burden of fear is an important thing to consider too. Like, look, if, if you want to be afraid of something, and not go outside, that's well within your right. But to hell with you telling me not to go outside. I don't care if it's a zombie apocalypse or something. If I want to leave my door, I mean, that has nothing to do with you and, you know, your power and stuff. But And and, and again, on that line too, okay, in a free society then, the default position needs to be people who are susceptible need to take care of themselves and Absolutely. rely on the rest of us to do the right thing as much as possible. I mean, cause you always get, there are always some bad actors. Um, sure. They didn't even think about that. They went right. It's just, it's the same thing with everything. It's like gun control, you know, uh, well, let's ban a gun from everybody because some punk using a gun for something stupid, you know, but the default position is freedom. And what's good about this, if we'll keep hammering away at this issue, people get sick of it after a while, but Liberty's winning right now on this issue. The, the clear evidence right now is that freedom produces the better outcomes. We need to remember this two years from now when they're launching off into some other crazy crap. You know, in a free country, they should assume that a bunch of dudes like me are not going to play their game. And they ought to factor that into this. And if that means they what they need to do is slow down a little bit and ask people, even though they don't want to, that's what they need to do. Because that's exactly. what this is in North Korea. Yep. We just have to get a big enough group to do that. And who knows what that percentage is when it starts to influence that that much to that extent. But I think even what we have right now, you know, shifts the direction a lot more than we recognize it. I think it has a lot more sway. People are sick of it right now. That's for sure. Places are opening up. 
people are sick of it. And the difference between Joe Jorgensen would have made the election in either direction, you know, and that's uh, the case with libertarians on a lot of ballots. And so, you know what, we might not be the 50 or the 51, but the fact that we're big enough to span the gap is something. It means that we're a big enough segment to speak and, you know, have to say. I will say this. LP National, uh, absolutely. They didn't drop the ball. They fucking buried it under the field on messaging during COVID, uh, during 2020. Because they had the prime opportunity to say, hey, we hate this shit because, uh, you know, government-forced lockdowns are criminal. They cannot force you to be in your home. This is dictator, tyrannical crap. How much do they stress liberty? How much do they, I say they, I mean, there's a lot of people on both sides of this, but all those people that kept their mouth shut, I got to wonder how much they really believe in freedom. I really do. Because it surely wasn't enough to risk anything. This Okay, it was an important deal. And in the beginning, I get it. In the beginning, I get it. But this, like I said, within a few weeks of this crap cranking up, everybody who wanted to pay attention to it knew there was something not right. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you could at least question Somebody at one point in time explained, they tried to explain to me, it was that, well, they didn't want to, you know, come out on a partisan issue because it was so divided. I said, so guns, abortion, transgender <laughs> yeah. rights, same sex marriage, that's all like, you know, universal stuff, right? We're the party. And so apparently growing the party means being nothing different than everybody else because apparently that's going to attract people to us because we're safe and we're not, we're just like the Democrats and Republicans. That's going to build it. Right. No, I mean, that was the biggest, um, I really, I, yeah, I do. I do think LP national deserves all the criticism they get about that. And I don't think they get to whine any about the hell they will catch for that because 20, 30 years from now, I will still say they dropped the ball as I should say, should nothing else like this happen, which we know it's more likely to happen now that they've done it once. It's aliens now. they got aliens. Yeah. (laughs) You know, where's the science on that? (laughs) So, yeah, let's let's not go into the aliens. Dude, I love the alien (laughs) thing. We can do a whole episode on that. I freaking love the alien topic. But I don't trust the government to tell it to me. So I'm so conflicted. I want the alien thing, but I don't trust these dudes. mm. They're all deep fakes. They're just distracting us. Mm. I want them to be real. Because they could take me with them. Get me the hell off this planet. (laughs) How much? Take take all my money. How much? Uh, I don't don't care. Probe me, bro. Just get me the hell out of here. Just whatever experiment. I'll go be like like some kind of weird space mine slave worker. I don't care. This planet's falling apart. It's doomed. Get me out of here. I'm I'm done. I'll do the probes, the work, all that. Just got this. This planet's broken out. Hey, I will say to take it back though. LP National's been doing a little better. They uh they did the uh post this week or last week that was like lockdowns were a trial run. And Mises Caucus posted right under it this meme of somebody. I forget who was it on that meme, like P. Diddy or something. And it was like, it's about time or something like that, you know. Yeah, that, that Redford, wasn't it Robert Redford in, uh, I forget what movie it was now, where he kind of looks over, looks sideways and he goes like that. Was that the one? Oh, yeah. 
About damn time. That's what it said. <laughs> well, so we need know. to encourage him on that. I think, you know, I need to, oh, yeah. need to encourage him on that. Um, you're right. Hey, they, they've got some new social media or, or something, uh, media directors. Or they're working on that right now for real. They're actually getting, you're looking for people to come in and kind of work the, uh, their, uh, I'm not social media, marketing or, uh, messaging or something. So they're open to that. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Cause we need to be big. I mean, the convention and everything and changing up of leadership. I don't know. You know, the Mises caucus lineup is pretty awesome. Yep. Yep. So what about Rand Paul's, uh, what'd you think of Rand Paul's jacking up Fauci? What he said is awesome. I, uh, you know, I've, I've liked Rand Paul for a really long time. I even kept a Republican registration for a long time, just in case I could get him elected. But uh, he, he drops the ball a lot. But with this, he was spot on. I mean, he was jabbing. And really, you know, it's sad because in a lot of ways, I think Fauci's almost a better bureaucrat. You know, he, he's like so good at being, you know, calm, cool and collected and, and saying that it's the science that he almost appears to win if you're not listening to the words. But um, no, Rand Paul, you know, made all the points and the gain of function research, which is what he was questioning him on. It's really interesting because Fauci actually started that in 2017 as director of the NIH, and it was something that Obama had put a moratorium on to ban. And, you know, basically, if you don't, I'm sure you know about that. If people watch and maybe don't, it's just, you know, research that, um, you know, improves the capability of the virus to jump from species to, um, you know, be more infectious and, and so on. So Rand Paul was bringing that up and saying, didn't you, you know, get this funding approved and just the way that Fauci was able to answer the question without answering it whatsoever was just incredible. I mean, as just, if you're trying to learn how to be a dictator, just watch that guy and mimic him and you do great. But uh, as far as the actual content of the debate, Rand Paul had him, I mean, completely. And it's bringing up great points that now he's admitting even a week later. So I, th- I think Dave Smith talked about, I didn't listen to the whole podcast, but he talked about, um, um, you know, one of one of Fauci's excuses was, listen, the money that went to the Wuhan lab wasn't used for gain of function. It was used for something else. So that's ludicrous that you would even suggest this. And what exactly. Dave Smith said was something like it's like if, you know, somebody your friend is building a studio in his in his house and you give him money and he spends it on the rent and takes the money he would have spent on the rent and spends it on the studio and then says, no, 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 I didn't spend your money on my studio. I spent it on the rent. Exactly. You know? I mean, how can, and I, here's the thing. Nobody's that dumb. Nobody, nobody's that dumb. It's another one of those politically charged deals where it's like, oh, I don't really care, but I like to hear somebody zing somebody else. So what Fauci said is good enough, but it's ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. So in, in the article here is talking about how, you know, over five years, according to this, over five years, uh, $600,000 was basically, it looks like funneled to this lab through a nonprofit, EcoHealth Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, funding to the nonprofit was eventually halted by the NIH. Five years. 2017, um, yeah. And uh, he denied that the funding was specifically used for so-called gain-of-function research, which was altering the virus, blah, 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 which, you know, you were just discussing. Uh, but how do you know? I mean, like, that's the question. How do you know what that money was spent on? I mean, there's no way to prove that that money was spent on 
anything because the, the CCP is not going to just like hand over records like, oh, we're open and transparent. Here's information. Uh, I yeah, mean, I think a better question would have been not, hey, did they spend the 600000 on gain-of-function research? But, hey, did U.S. money support a lab that does gain-of-function research? Because that's the exact same thing. And it's yep. just, I mean, why would we give them money if that's the kind of shit they're doing that could cause yep. this to happen? Yep. If, if they were honest with the American people, what they would have said is, yeah, we just we did give some money. Um, we shut it off. Um, and there is a good possibility this virus was leaked from this lab. And uh, I, I can't. I, there's so many lies. I can't even remember if they said it's still a bat or if it was like the lab or it. The, the lies are just twisting and turning, and it's just it's it's like Medusa. You look directly, you know, into Fauci's eyes. You turn to stone and like wear a mask and get vaccine card tattoos and it's bad but uh it i mean it really just comes down to you know just be honest with people stop lying about all of it or stop pretending like it doesn't matter because it does that's the problem that's why people don't trust the science because the scientist is full of shit and any scientist who, who is trying to be reasonable about all this stuff got banned from everything where you couldn't hear yeah. Facebook just, I forget what it was now. They, they just, what was it? I think it's if you, I don't know what it was. Something they lifted today that was like, they've been hammering people for all this time and now they changed their mind today and now it's okay to talk about it. Something to do with COVID. I don't remember exactly what it was now. Um, it's part of the origins. Yeah, it probably was. If you, if you questioned whether or not it came from a lab or I don't know something, but you know, I, when this thing first kicked off, I remember thinking to myself that, um, that, they jumped on it so fast while at the same time pleading complete ignorance about what's going on. You need to do what we say because we don't know what this thing is going to do. But yet I've got this incredibly large, you know, uh, solution, if you want to call that. We've got all these things you need to do. I mean, the two don't jive with each other. They had to have known something either, either if they knew they didn't know, you know, if, if, if that makes sense, um, they knew they didn't know what was going on. And, and so because they treated it differently than anything else, any other kind of respiratory virus. Suddenly this was like a new thing. Well, why are we treating this like something new instead of like every other respiratory virus that we've talked that we've had? You know, well, if you're going to treat why it begs, I don't know, not begs the question, but but they had to know something or they would have had us do what you normally do. OK, this is like the super flu. So do what you do for the flu. Or something. You know? What it is a lot of it, at least, is you know we operate in this world where you know governments a lot of times a projection of the population, sadly, and so many of these people are so sheep, these sheeple, you know that they if just like with gun control, when people die, they're going to blame the government, and that's the thing is that so these politicians waiting for re-election next year and two years or whatever are all thinking about that blame they're going to get on whatever that death toll is. And the good ones who stand for liberty, who answer to people like us, who they know are in those states, are willing to take that risk because they know we'll be happy with them for it, you know, hopefully. But I feel like, you know, in those blue states, of course, if they didn't make those lockdowns, they'd probably be crucified for it, even though, I mean, maybe if everything went well, but they definitely take a risk. And honestly, yeah, they'll probably be crucified for it. The left would put them on crosses for for anything like that, just like they do. They, they want to sue gun manufacturers, you know, it's just like they're going to make those illogical connections because that's what they think government's supposed to do. 
solve all their problems and protect them from everything. Well, uh, you know, allegedly, because I'm not privy to this information firsthand, uh, but you know, every all all four big manufacturers of these vaccines are waived of all legal liability. Don't know if that's true or not, but I 100% see it uh, because um, with that emergency status grant from the FDA, I could absolutely see them waiving all liability and it falling on the federal government. So should in a year people start dropping dead from these vaccines because they're like, oh, well, it's not our fault. They told us to rush it and get it done. So, you know, us at Pfizer, it's not our fault. Uh, and then the government's like, well, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And people just put, well, just, I don't want my brother to die, but, you know, I guess you're right. Because, you know, I'm sweating and my, my arm fell off last week. But, you know, I, 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 I didn't get COVID. They don't trust us to make our own decisions, but as long as the government approves the experiments, you're fine. It's like, and no, I will, then, then risk is okay. We said it's okay to take this risk. And I or, will say, else, they'll say, uh, well, it would have been a whole lot worse. Think of how bad you'd be right now without it. Well, who was that? It was it uh, Harry Reid who said, uh, Harry Reid, Harry Brown, I think you said, uh, you know, something about the government breaks your legs and hands you crutches and expects you to thank it for you be able to get, get for you being able to get around. It does. Here it is. uh, Damn, lost my thought. Sorry. Uh, Nope, didn't fix it. (laughs) Happens to me all the time. At least I have an excuse. You don't have one. What's your excuse? I'm, I'm in a medical state. It's different here. Oh, I'm just an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. That's my excuse. Uh, it's hard on a podcast though, because you know you're you're thinking about a lot of things, and it's easy to lose your train of thought. It's, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh oh oh, it come back to me. I was getting ready to talk about uh, Clubhouse again because I'm I'm addicted and I need help and I I need to go over to a rehab clinic for Clubhouse now. But I am not anti people getting vaccinated. If you want to get vaccinated and that's the risk you're willing to take. 100% on board with you. I get it. Just don't tell me I have to get it. Because, you know, if you want to trust the science, that's fine. I'm just wanting to maybe push getting it off a couple of years to kind of see. You know, it's, it's kind of, to me, it's like, you know, a new electronic. You know, I never buy the first year edition of anything because, yeah, first year Usually problems. We'll let it sort itself out. We'll figure it out when they come out the the next uh, next iteration of it, and uh, you know they worked out most of the kinks, and it won't kill you. Uh, I'll, I'll get it in, uh, but it's gotta it's gotta kind of build that trust, as we were talking about earlier. You know, trust isn't just given; you gotta build that. You know, I'll give you benefit of the doubt that it, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure there's some people that it saved it saved their lives. Uh, but I don't necessarily trust it. I get the benefit of the doubt. You know, four companies claim that it works fine, but the trust can't be built when this government protection saying, "Oh, you can't be liable for damages." Allegedly, I will say allegedly. I don't know this for certain, right. but I've read that. I mean, it's you know, it's real. 
Well, I like early adopting of that stuff anyway. That's the market, you know. We learn we learn more from failure in the market than we do success because there's much more failure anyway. You learn learn, there's there's usually one really great way to accomplish something and an infinite amount of ways that are failures at it. And so the more people that early adopt and jump on it, the quicker we get through all the ways that don't work and get to what does work. And as long as people are doing it voluntarily, I think it's a great idea. Sure. Like I'm in the, I'm in the market for a new government. I think this one failed uh, and has failed and continued to fail. So I think I'm in the market for a new government. Well, just vote harder next time, and maybe you'll have a better. Yeah, government. just yeah. Just vote more. I gotta I gotta. Well, see what I gotta do is I gotta hit every poll in place. Like I gotta get yeah. fake ID. Vote with like, more commitment. You gotta be more committed. You gotta vote harder. <laughs> I gotta be more emotional when I go. That's is that what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but uh, but that's the solution from what I hear. You got to vote harder. So, uh, like, um, see, it's weird. Like in the United States, right? Um, so if I vote and you know I vote harder, right? And my person, you know, the libertarian candidate loses. Do we do we rot or do we storm the Capitol? Like, I'm not certain which <laughs> way we're supposed to go. Because it's, it's it's a weird concept. Like the, the capital seemed like the right target, but the wrong reason. Uh, you know, the town riots hall. were destroyed. The the town riots that destroyed town hall. Okay, okay. Well, we'll start small. Libertarian difference. So, we're not stupid. We know where decisions are made. We know where to hold up. But, so it's a ground up organization. So we storm town hall, burn it down, and then we just kind of we kind of keep moving down the state until we get to Nashville, right? And then. <laughs> The gubernatorial mansion, burn it down. The state house, burn it down. And then we kind of we move on. Uh, we'll we'll go from you know uh, national lumber is right now, man. I feel like you're not thinking capitalistic enough about this process. Saying burn down a forest or what? I'm saying don't burn any of it down. You gotta we can reuse recycle some of these products and stuff. I mean, gotta dismantle know. dismantle the state, right? Dismantle, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Hey, Chris, I think has your name on it. I think a safer way to deal with this is uh, I'm gonna say the 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 evil S word secession, but just just don't do it. Don't listen to them. Don't I'm do with it. you completely. We actually had it in the uh, Mises Caucus. Well, we were doing a uh, adding planks to our platform at our Libertarian Convention in Oklahoma this year. The Mises Caucus had some specific planks that we were trying to champion, and that was one of them. We never got to get to it. Never got to get to it, but uh, unfortunately, but I think it would have passed. I think. It's the logical way to do things, and I mean, it is. People attach it to racism, which is sad because the only real instance of secession in American history is the Civil War, and that was for a terrible reason. But um, you know, we I think that that's the simplest way to handle things, and I believe in localism. I don't like government, period, but I'd rather deal with it, you know, a hundred miles away than a thousand, mm-hmm. and ten miles away than a hundred. So at least if it's closer, it's a smaller problem. But if none of that will work, either, you, you can just do it yourself, you know, and, and it's not it's not like 100 percent all for one kind of thing either. I mean, you got to figure out, OK, stay out of prison. Don't do stuff that gets you put in prison, you know. Yeah. But um, I think Jeffrey Tucker has a book about um, uh, it's like 199 ways to leave Leviathan, I think it is. And it's just 99 ways to identify monopolies in your life and not participate. And it's stuff like, you know, homeschool your kids to prove that the that education isn't a monopoly that the government has, that you can actually do it yourself rather than fighting it. Cause you are not going to fight. You're not going to fight the health department or not the health department, but the school board and, and win anything in your County, you know, mm-hmm. but you can just pull your kids out and homeschool. 
or you can use, you know, Bitcoin instead of regular money, or you can disconnect from the utilities, you know, and, 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 and live off the grid or generate your own power. Or, um, and these are things that, that we can do to, um, to secede and it takes power away from them. Mm-hmm. If you disconnect they the, can't power. Cut the power off or, or, uh, they can't, uh, you know, put you in prison for two, for, uh, something they decide, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, what a DCS or somebody learns in school when your kid's in school or, or they fabricate or whatever it is, you know? So there's lots of ways to secede that aren't, you know, super crazy, but every time you do it, they hate it. They absolutely hate it. True. So if you disconnect power and or water to your house and you have children that live in that house, uh, child protective services will show up to your house and they will take you kids. They don't give a shit if you're running on solar and windmills and you've got like a hamster farm in the backyard that turns wheels that generate power and you have enough power generating your house to run a hundred years. They don't care. Uh, they will take your kids. And there have been plenty of the plenty of times, you know, stories have come out about this because the state does not like you raising your kids against them. Every single system is built to indoctrinate our kids I, I don't care what you know what state it is if you look at homeschooling this is big crammed on on homeschooling uh, <clears throat> homeschooling now because as we've seen more people are doing it uh and you know the state doesn't like that because like well you know they can put anti-us or anti-establishment ideas in their head we can't have that we can't have them knowing that the whole thing about George Washington never telling a lie was absolute bullshit. Uh, so, you know, it's... E.T., if you're out there, take me with you. <laughs> Dude, honestly, though, that's great. Look, I'll, I'll even be a Klingon. I don't even care. Like, Ooh. at this point, like, I'll just... You know, back to COVID on this, I mean, you had, you know, how many businesses out there... Uh, there were, I mean, there's a lot that didn't, but I mean, but there were businesses out there that just said, you know, the heck with it. Like they, they, they take your license. That's why license. That's why the state wants to license everything is because that's their power to put you in a position where you obey their edicts or go to jail. Mm-hmm. You know that. It, so, you know, when some bar gets its liquor license pulled and they serve anyway, or they tell them you have to close and they turn it into a speakeasy and they do it that way. These are all great access to session, I think. And they can't stop everybody. True. Not everybody. Uh, Big risk. Yeah, it can be. It can be. Our goal as America should be to make the 2020s better than the 1920s. Oh, yeah. And I've said this before. I know I have. But uh, the the bowler hat, bowler hat, whatever you call it, plus the the Thompson uh, need to make a comeback. Uh, Speakeasies need to make a comeback. Uh, And I guess, depending on what the FDA does, uh, illegal menthol cigarette uh establishments will will need to become a thing um you know what i like this our grandkids are going to be like talking about ar-15s and whatever the hell's on our heads i don't even know what hats we're wearing but we've got we've got a pretty crazy society if you think about it medical marijuana we might be legalizing psychedelics soon like it might be even cooler already i think minus the whole fucking covid thing hey i'll tell you one thing makes it cooler turning off the news yeah, true. I did that a while back. I turned off TV a long time ago, and I turned off even just trying to keep up with the news. And you know, I was a little worried about us talking about Fauci tonight because I know I know he's a liar. I know 
Rand Paul jacked him up in a hearing. I know he's changed his mind. I know he's encouraged uh, virtue signaling, um, virtue signaled himself, and basically told us the healthcare industry could keep them, and then told us we were going to die if we didn't have one, and then two, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so exactly. I no, so yeah, my point was is that uh, prohibition is apparently becoming like this new big thing. You know, the they they do criminalize everything in Oregon, and I think that'll be a really interesting thing to watch over the next couple of years. But you know, they're looking at bait. Ooh, excuse me. Um, looking to ban menthols. They're looking to ban this and ban this and ban this and ban this. Uh, the uh. United Band States of America or some shit like that is what we should start calling ourselves. But uh, you know, it, it's really going to be interesting. I think we need to turn the 20... Hmm, let me uh, touch on something. So there is this, I think, this growing ideal in the LP. And I could be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Or anybody online who don't like my face because this camera is too good and it really shows how freaking ugly i am but um there's this growing uh philosophy from some of the people i've spoken to that civil disobedience may be a thing we have to start promoting like just openly smoking weed in front of cops like hey, that's how talking that's what they did that's what the that was the, the 420 whatever movement all that down in atlanta for years on uh April 20th, a bunch of dudes to show up in a park and they just eventually had so many the cops couldn't arrest them all. Yes. That's that's where it's at, I'm telling you. Yeah. Now, one-on-one, one-on-one, they will absolutely beat the living hell out of you and charge you with some BS crime. But if you have a thousand people in a park, uh, they've got two options and the only one that doesn't end up with uh, genocide is... uh, just ignoring it. So um, I think really that's really has to be what we start doing, especially with a lot of these, like, you know, we want to ban menthols. We want to keep marijuana illegal. Uh, Civil disobedience has worked for a very long time. Um, Me personally, due to like a work situation that I'm in, um, should I be interacting with, certain substances i can you know lose my job but it it really does come down to you know if this is this is an issue that you feel deeply on get it like get 100 people 200 people together civil disobedience the hell out of this thing i'm not saying go smash cop cars and burn businesses down but go to a park smoke some weed hell if you like heroin and you know like a like a hundred heroin people Ship some heroin in the park. So this is happening on a, in our Facebooks in uh, Oklahoma right now. There's these groups, and I, it's happening really all over the world, but um, for mushrooms and, like, psychedelic use. And there's, like, hundreds and hundreds of people in them, and they're just sharing pictures of stuff they have on their, on their Facebook pages with their real names on it and everything. And uh, they just don't care. And there's all these Instagram pages like that and stuff, and um, it's just, you know – like you guys said, big enough numbers, enough ants, they just can't do anything. They can't get all of you, you know. Yep. That's what you, the- you hear people talk about uh, 
um, the joke about all your guns lost in a boating accident and all that stuff, you know, and I was talking to a guy today about that and uh, I'm not doing that. I am not, I am not, there's, there's a line I'm not gonna let them cross with me and I am not going to pretend I don't have firearms. Yeah. And it's, it may go bad for me. I don't know, but I, I, there's a, I'm not doing it. I am not yeah. doing, it. you know, I'm going to, and I'm not registering anything. I'm not doing any of that crap. It's not doing it. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide from them either. Yeah. If they come over and ask, I mean, yeah, you got to make that decision. encouraging to hear about those, those groups with the mushrooms and all that kind of stuff. That's encouraging to hear. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you, if you've got enough people doing it, not only does it show you, you know, that there's too many of them to get all of them, but it shows them that, Hey, this is normalized enough now that these are, these are going to be the problems you deal with. If you do arrest these people, this is all the people you're pissing off who are disagreeing with you. It's just, you know, it makes those cops think twice about it, I think, and yeah. maybe shift their priorities a little bit. I will say, uh, you know, I, so well, I'm an FFL dealer licensed FFL fire federal firearms licensee. Um, they kind of have an idea of what I personally own. Uh, but the only question that is seen to be answered is, does the ATF stock their guys with level four plates? Because if not, nothing matters. It's on. <laughs> I mean, you know, you uh, if they're coming door to door, I just don't think it'll ever be a possibility. I don't think it, it could possibly happen. But I, you know, I I don't I don't know. I could be overestimating people because kind of like how LP National dropped the ball kind of shows you that even on the freedom side, you know, there's a lot of real soft freedom lovers, you know. And when it comes to that, you need the ones who really who really care. Hey, that's why that's why the mask mandate stuff to me is so important. I mean, it, you know, they snap their fingers and half this country said, yes, sir. And slapped mm-hmm. on a mask, you know, um, it shut down their business, stayed at home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, I forgot where I was going to go with that now. I'm getting old. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but it doesn't take, it doesn't take, you know, half the country it just takes enough people to overwhelm the system, you know, sure. just to just decide not to, uh, not mm-hmm. to abide by this. It's a great point. I had never thought of it that way. Most of the people are so sheep, they're not going to stand with or against the state. They're they going to follow whoever's leading. They'll talk. They'll strike a box and vote when they need to, but they're not going to get anybody's way who's more who's more passionate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just those. And honestly, even a lot of people who work for the state won't, <laughs> you know. It's really about which group has more passionate people show up. That's almost what decides everything. I know what I was going to say now is uh, they don't have to collect your guns. Mm-hmm. This is how, this is where I was headed with it. All they mm-hmm. got to do is make the prison sentence and possibility of it scary enough. True. You'll go hand your stuff in or hide it, which is practically the same thing as not having it anyway. True. If you're going to store it away somewhere so tightly and hidden away so well that you couldn't get it out of, out of there to defend yourself That's anyway, right. they might've might as well have taken your guns anyway. And right. I'm not tracking what's why ammunition is so expensive right now. But um, it seems like that should have come down by now. So that's another no. I think there's something going on there too. No, it's uh, it's still it's still being manu- it's still being sold out of the pallet. I actually dealt with this the other day. Um, the one of the distributors I talked to, they said we cannot keep it in stock. They said it is being sold by the pallet, and they he the guy said he said we sell like two pallets a day, 
He said, we just can't keep it in stock. It's moving faster than we can sell it. Because the problem is, is it's, it's like, the uh, so I'll say this. There's only a certain number of manufacturers of ammo in the United States. Most Americans, when you tell them, hey, I got this ammo from X country, they're like, mm, no. But if you say, hey, this is from Indiana or Georgia or whatever, they're like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what the problem is, is a lot of these ammo manufacturers either fall under federal jurisdiction hmm. or state jurisdiction. And the states that they're located in are not super, have not been super friendly to like anti-lockdown stuff. And hmm. what we've seen is most of these states are not, have not deemed uh, firearms manufacturing to be essential business, but they have said that ammo or ammo and firearm sales are, which has really screwed us because you know they've been selling all this stuff. You know they, you know, distributors have been pumping it to dealers, and dealers have been pumping it out. But there's nothing on the back end to catch up, and so, for That's example, individual. I had never heard that before. What? The, that what you just said that manufacturing is not essential, but sales are. That that seems very intentional to me. It it it, it very much does. I'm sitting here listening for the intervention because because what the market would have done or would would do eventually, if nothing else, is all this profit potential for all that ammunition would have had people starting businesses making ammunition, mm-hmm. one way or another, finding a way to do it, or the or the companies that make it would have ramped up production like crazy, and if they've restricted them by either restricted them by calling them non-essential or the government's buying it up. Makes me wonder if the government isn't, we've been hearing stories about that for years too, where, you know, the the U S postal service put in an order for, you know, 500 million rounds of ammunition. Um, That's one way to increase demand on a limited supply and raise the price and price us out of the market. And, you know, if you got a, you know, counterfeit and printer in your basement, you can crank out as much money as you want to and go buy bullets and you're fine. Yeah, that's true. the government, Scott. You know, exactly. So, well, that could be. There's an intervention there somewhere. Either that, or time hasn't. You know, something about. I'm not an ammunition maker. You know, somebody would have figured out to crack that nut and make a bunch of money. And I'm not seeing. Yeah. I am not divulging any information, but what I'm going to say is, look up the Great Lakes uh, area and see what kind of maybe federal manufacturing is in that area um look up radford virginia and see what maybe kind of you know federal manufacturing is in that area um you know i'll i'll leave it at that uh but you know there is a there the federal government owns ammo depots where they manufacture ammo actually fuck i'll go into it i don't give a shit Follow me. I don't give a fuck. Come at me, bro. Um, don't do so, it. So the, the uh, it's not the Great Lakes. It's uh, some lakes. Federal Eagle or Federal makes their ammo there, but they sell it to the Army and the Marine Corps and the Air Force. Not not the Air Force. They don't shoot guns. They don't know what those yeah. are. Uh, the Coast Guard and then the, I, I guess Space Force. They make laser bolts for them or some shit. I don't know. But uh, um. That's where like your small arms is. I think they do small arms up to like fifty cows. I think they do maybe uh, forty mic mics. Maybe I might be wrong. 
don't quote me on that. Uh, you can Google all this shit or, yeah, I mean, there's like federal files on it. It's You can see expenditures and everything. But, so, you, you look at that, and that's government owned. Um, but they're given this contract where they can sell to the general public because, you know, the army only needs so much, but yet they get, they're able to crank out these rounds. Well, if the federal government says, hey, due to COVID restrictions, you're not going to manufacture anymore. What are they going to do with the army's toys? <laughs> so it comes back down to, is it foul play? Is it just sheer stupidity? Who knows? Uh, you know, Radford, Virginia, there's a facility there where there are several uh, armed manufacturers on site at a government-owned DOD-run, or not DOD-run, DOD-owned facility, uh, contractor-operated facility, that have to fall under these government regulations because it is government land, and if they would like to continue operating on that land, they have to bow to their overlords. So the question comes back down to, is it foul play? Is it the market not being able to handle itself? Or is it kind of a combination of both because the arms industry uh, has kind of had this lax situation ever since Sandy Hook? I mean, ammo has been dirt cheap for the last few years. Maybe there's not been this massive uptick in manufacturing, and then maybe there's this massive surge. Well, maybe they could have kept up, but then the government shut them down. Well, I know the market always works. So if it ain't working right now, it's because somebody's messing with it. Yeah, there might be a week or two off, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It seems like if they if they put uh if they put those regulations on and those restrictions plus the influx of gun owners, and maybe they could predict that or something as a freshly red pilled libertarian, that just seems really intentional to me. Cause what is so much more dangerous about manufacturing than having a store open or so much more essential about it anyway, it seems like there's a plan behind that. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist whatsoever, but that's just, I'm sending red flags off for sure. You could bet the government got all the bullets they wanted. Oh yeah. Yeah. I bet it was they on got- a contract a set price for five years too. Hmm? Oh no, it's a, uh- my understanding is facility contracts are 15 years. Now, uh, <laughs> oh, pro- that's a good deal. <laughs> but production contracts, I don't know how long they are. I think they're like three or four years. Hmm. But see, the thing is, that the army don't give a shit. They will. And see, the other thing is, contractors don't give a shit either. Yeah, true. Story. So it, it really does come down to. They're just, just army shit. Man. They're barely separate. No, I mean, that's absolutely true. Like, government contractors are 100% basically just as bad as the DOD because uh turns out there's no difference because all it is is just, like, a little <laughs> name change. And, hey, the the one of the former uh, board members from Raytheon is now the SecDef. So, yay for that. Retire from your post on Friday and walk into your contractor job on Monday and your lobbyist job 10 years later. There you go. So, I mean, um, I would too if that's what I wanted to get into. I don't see why not, but it's definitely how the system works. And incentives matter. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, gentlemen, if you will indulge me one quick second, I have one thing I would like to plug. 
and I will also offer you, each gentleman, uh, an opportunity to plug which, whatever you'd like to. So I've spoken to a contact I will not name, um, but he lives in Hong Kong, and he has said that the CCP has decided, not shockingly, to ban all Tiananmen Square massacre vigils, which took place for you know those of you who were old enough to be alive then, which I was not. But it was in the 80s. It was on June, the night of June 3rd into the June 4th. Um, and for 30 years, people in Hong Kong and Macau have honored those who lost their lives. And this will be the first year in 30 years outside of last year from COVID. But this is the first year it's been banned. Hmm. Like for non... Uh, medical reasons um and i would uh personally on the 4th of june like to hold a vigil for those who lost their lives in some kind of desperate attempt for some sort of freedom because freedom is not uh limited to the united states it's not limited to north america it belongs to all humans of the planet Mm -hmm. so for those of you who would like to join me on June 4th, and this extends to both of you, um, uh, pretty much from 6, uh, 6 p.m. to whenever we pass out drunk, or I pass out drunk, and one of you figure out how to shut my computer off, uh, we will hold a vigil and honor those who lost their lives in the desperate attempt for freedom. Definitely in. That's a great idea. I got a page on Instagram that's dedicated to Hong Kong that I don't do a whole lot with, but I'll we'll post it there and see if maybe somebody, some of them can tune in or something somehow. I don't know how much internet access people in Hong Kong have, but maybe some interested people at least. But I'm in. I'm in. I, yeah, I think I think they fall under that. Uh, if you even talk about Tiananmen Square, uh, you get the boot heel. So. Um, what kills me about them, man, is that we're here dying to convince Americans that freedom is important and they're sitting here taking it for granted, refusing to fight for it, giving it up left and right. And then there's people in Hong Kong, you know, basically dying, getting arrested. They'd die if they had a choice to. They don't even have guns, so they don't even have the option to die. But, you know, getting taken to prison just for, you know, what we would give a drop of, you know, it's ridiculous. So I will say my contact also hates the protesters because he says they're basically Bernie Sanders supporters who are fighting communists. So like, he's, no, no. So they're like socialist fighting communists. So it's like, like we're here, but we want to come right here. Hmm. Well, if they want control of their own schools and independence and they want to be socialists, at least they want independence. You know, to me, that's like, I don't know. That's a big thing to me. Well, choosing it makes them dumb. Um, Having it thrust upon you makes you, you know, a victim of tyranny. So, I will always default to the stance that anyone who dies in the legitimate pursuit of freedom always deserves a special place in my heart. Um, Tiananmen Square was just... Just a, it was an atrocity that, you know, 
everybody talked about and nobody gave a shit. Mm-hmm. So, and we we ignored Hong Kong. We pretended like, you know, and there was I, I shouldn't say we. Uh, I was very vocal about Hong Kong. The you know when there was these riots, and I originally sided with these protesters or these rioters, what do you want to call them? Because um, they do riot and they do damage property, but there's also protesters. But when the government's got orders or when the government gives these, you know, SS police orders shoot to kill, you know, before there's even a protest. Anyways, um, it's just, it's, it's a bad situation. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Hong Kong free as China promised the UK years ago and have lied and lied and lied about. We want to focus on, you know, petty issues like, Kim Kardashian and fucking uh, Kanye West getting divorced or, you know, what's the new pair of shoes? And and we forget that there are people around this world who are legitimately oppressed uh, and compared to some Americans who are just depressed. Um, this is this is this is me getting real philosophical and it's really ugly because I really don't know how to express myself. fine. Um, this, this should be an American issue. Um, Mm -hmm. this is what we sought out in 1776 and we lied to ourselves for 248 years, whatever the hell it is now. Um, the, the fights, the fights here at home, the fights in Canada, the fights in Mexico, the fights in Hong Kong, it's in China, it's in Macau, it's in Taiwan, it's in, it's in Fucking Spain, the UK, our fight for freedom is in every country on this planet. Mm-hmm. So my so argument is is solidarity for those who just wanted some kind of freedom and some kind of individual peace. Damn right. That's why when libertarianism really takes off, it's going to take off globally like that for sure. It's a, it's a human issue. And once people, once it's, it's a mental thing too. It's about clicking and educating each person. So once it clicks in people's minds, it's going to be a problem for governments everywhere. But uh, well, I'll plug uh, Veteran Caucus. We're doing a uh, show on a Sunday with People for Liberty, actually. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm on Memorial Day, Monday with People for Liberty. I think at 1900, so 7 p.m., I don't know if it's Eastern or Central Time. Anyway, People for Liberty, check them out. It's a big page, and that's our first time kind of going on and talking about it. So it'll be a pretty cool experience, hopefully. Is that with the caucus? Yep. Uh, who's going to be on for that? My friend Tracy and my friend Braxton, who both founded it with me. Yeah, so they uh, actually were kind of – they asked us about it, and then they were like, you know, no, they uh, want to have somebody else on and kind of focus on memorial issues, which I totally get. Memorial Day is not about just veteran issues. It's about, you know, the men who have died and women too, of course. But, um, yeah, they ended up coming back and asking for it. Tracy's a fighter, and she was talking to people for liberty and the, um, you know, I don't know, the founder stuff, whatever they call it over there, and convinced them to have us on. So pretty cool experience. I'm, uh, you know – I don't know. We're trying to plan what exactly what to talk about, get our platform lined out and all that kind of stuff. So if you guys have any input, I could use it. All right. I'm just going to plug the Mises caucus. Of course, uh, 
I'd left the LP and uh, if it hadn't been for Mises Caucus, I wouldn't have come back. And, uh, you know, anybody that's uh, anybody that uh, knows who Harry Brown is and uh, would consider themselves a Harry Brown or a Ron Paul Republican or Republican, Ron Paul Libertarian. Um, I encourage you to get in touch with me or anybody in your state uh, Mises Caucus Facebook page, if nothing else, or, or go to TakeHumanAction.com and uh, fill out a little web form they got. And, you know, if you got questions about it, talk to somebody. You're a slip statist. I know it. <laughs> Forty Republican. <laughs> he was a good one. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Well, gentlemen, we went a little over. I went on my tangent. It's my fault. Uh, so next week, I'll let one of you two pick my name. Be as brutal and vulgar <laughs> as you would like. Oh, hell uh, yeah. So, yeah, ladies, gentlemen, and. Uh, Freedom lovers, good night and be free. Good night. See you.